0: the Conscious Style Podcast, where we explore what it will take to build a better, more sustainable, and equitable future for fashion. I'm your host, Elizabeth Joy. Now let's dive into today's episode. When we talk about the barriers to secondhand fashion, finding the right size is one of the most common obstacles that comes up especially for those looking for plus sizes, as there are typically significantly fewer options. And there is a long way to go before the space can be truly size inclusive. The fashion industry as a whole, slow fashion and fast fashion alike, is sorely lacking when it comes to size inclusivity. Fast fashion giants Zara and Primark both only go up to XXL and we know that many slow and sustainable fashion brands also do not have a great size range in terms of plus sizes as well as petite sizes or tall sizes. So that inherently means that the secondhand fashion space is going to have fewer options because you can only find secondhand pieces that have once been produced firsthand. So if we want to see more plus size secondhand options, that means that we also have to advocate for brands to offer more size-inclusive pieces to begin with. Side note, I do have a guide to conscious fashion brands with plus sizes that I'll link in the show notes, as well as a guide to conscious fashion brands with petite sizes and one with tall sizes. Another problem that comes up with plus size secondhand is when people buy clothes in larger sizes than they need just to cut them up and do a thrift flip or something along those lines. This reduces the already reduced selection that the plus size community has to choose from. So just a reminder to not buy larger sizes than you need just to cut it up and perhaps let your friends know about this issue as well if they are thrifters too. As someone who wears so-called straight sizes, I'm not an expert on this topic. That's why we have a guest today that is. But another potential cause of this reduced selection problem that I've heard is that vintage boutique owners or consignment store owners are not accepting or actively looking for plus size pieces enough. And we will talk a bit more about that in this episode with today's guest. What is good to see on this front, though, is that there are more and more plus-size secondhand and vintage shops popping up. And one of those plus-size vintage boutiques is More Than Your Average. More Than Your Average has colorful, fun, and one-of-a-kind vintage finds. Today, I'm really excited to chat with the founder, curator, and stylist of More Than Your Average, Maya Price. In this episode, Maya is letting us into her secondhand sourcing process, giving us her best tips for styling vintage pieces in a way that feels really modern. And Maya is also sharing her advice for others looking for plus size secondhand pieces and offering her perspective on what we can all do to make slow and secondhand fashion more size inclusive. You'll also get expert tips from Maya on how to find amazing secondhand garments that we will love and that will fit us well. And as a bonus, she will also be sharing how we can get smells out of those amazing vintage finds if we need to. As always, the transcript for this episode is in the show notes over on ConsciousLifeAndStyle.com and there will be a video version of this interview over on YouTube on our channel Conscious Life and Style. I'm a bit behind with publishing these videos, but I will try to get it on YouTube as soon as I can. You can also follow along over on Instagram at ConsciousStyle and stay updated via the weekly newsletter by signing up at ConsciousLifeAndStyle.com forward slash edit. All of those links will be in the show notes and episode description. That is all from me for now. Let's get on to the conversation with Maya. Maya is going to start us off here with how she got into vintage fashion and why she decided to found her own plus size vintage boutique.
1: Just to kind of give you a bit of a background about myself and also more than your average, I was born and raised in Lexington, Kentucky, and while I was there, and even at a, at a young age, have always been inspired by style and by fashion through my grandmother and then also through my mom. And so just watching my grandmother get dressed in the mornings and for Sunday church and you know, seeing her put together her phenomenal hats and accessories has always inspired me. And when I got to middle school, I really started to dress and style patterns with colors and bold accessories and really started to find myself through the world of fashion, particularly vintage fashion. I started to embark on this journey of thrifting, and I would find myself going thrifting pretty much on a weekly basis to find selections that either appealed to me and my sense of style, and then other selections that appealed to my sense of style, but weren't my size. And so I knew that at a young age, and when I really thought about starting my business, is that there was a gap in the fashion industry as we think about options for plus-size women. And so what I did was I married my love of fashion and love of style with tying that into my passion around thrifting, specifically finding selections for plus-size women. And before I knew it, I had a closet full of uh, thrift finds. (laughs) My mom even said I needed to get a storage unit because she saw that I was collecting so much. But then I really got serious about starting a business. And I had never gone to business school. I've never taken a fashion course or an economics course at all. But I knew that I had a passion for really um, making an impact on the world through a a seed of a business idea that I didn't know was going to grow over time. And so I said one day to myself, I'm going to put this into action. I'm going to start a business that is catering to plus-size women through the world of vintage finds. I remember pulling out my notebook and really saying, what do I want this business name to be and how can it really encompass the person I am? And so some people say to themselves, is your name tied into the business name? And that is true. I created more than your average based on who I am, how I present myself to the world and how I want to inspire other women as through the world of Vintage Finds. So More Than Your Average is about really um, empowering, inspiring, and allowing women to step outside their comfort zone through the world of fun, bright, bold, vintage that's going to make them feel and look their best. I've been in business for the past four years. I started my business in 2017 and since then have moved to Washington, D.C. about three years ago, where the business has propelled. So it's been phenomenal to expand the business throughout Washington, D.C. and beyond and to meet so many amazing people all over the world.
0: Yeah, what an inspiring story and so needed, you know, what you offer at more than your average. I think that's such a common barrier that comes up is the lack of plus size options at secondhand stores. And we're going to get much more into that but first i'd love to talk about the color yes. <laughs> that is throughout all of your curations something that i've noticed is that you talk a bit about the power of color and you know how that influences the wearer and also the people around the wearer and if you look at your instagram feed it's just it's like instantly so joyful and fun can you tell us about the power of color and, you know, why you decide to dress colorfully and curate colorful pieces for your shop?
1: Yes, um, I definitely believe in the power of color. And, you know, what I will say is that through color, I've been able to find myself color You know, no matter if it's a bold pink, no matter if it's a bold red that I'm wearing right now or a yellow, I believe that each and every person can find and be inspired by color to really set the tone um, for someone's day, someone's sense of style, and also to the way they want to live their lives. So I even say, you know, some people will come up to me and say, like, how do you really style? I'm big on neutrals. Some, you know, people will say, I'm big on neutrals. I have a lot of browns. I have a lot of blacks in my closet. How can I begin to really incorporate color into my style? And what I always say is that, you know, really think about the scheme of colors we have, the rainbow of colors, and really choosing a color that messes well with, you know, how you really want to show up in the world. And so what I always say is just start really basic. Think about incorporating color either through an accessory that makes you feel good and happy, whether through a, a blouse or a turtleneck or even a handbag. And I believe that each and every person can be inspired by color and, and really have that set the mood and tone. And so with more than your average, I really lean into the power of color because I want people to feel that just because a color is not in your closet doesn't mean that it will never be. And so when I style color and when people visit me on my Instagram page or visit the website, I want them to feel inspired. I want them to feel empowered to take on a color they they may wear all the time and also colors they may not wear at all. And so I really lean into the styling. I am a stylist and I style each and every one of my models and also myself. And so when I'm styling, I think about What can I do or how can I put a get together an outfit that's going to not only inspire my sense of style? But someone following can be inspired to try it out for themselves. So more than your average really celebrates color. And if you, again, Elizabeth, if you go to my Instagram page, you will probably see all the colors of the rainbow. Uh, but I just want people to feel happy and and to know that color just doesn't stop after the summer months. It, it, it's three hundred and sixty five days of the year. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, listeners won't see this, but if you're watching the video, I'm wearing, you know, a black turtleneck. I feel like I love color in summer. And then, yeah, as soon as the cold weather hits, I'm like wearing all black all the time. I mean, I do have a green skirt. I didn't think that through. I should have done the color on the top. You know, talking to you, I should have been showing the color on the video. But yeah, (laughs) you definitely, I think, inspire everybody to think about color even maybe those who were otherwise a little resistant or hesitant about it yeah so how do you source all of these colorful pieces for your boutique I read in an interview that you did that you source everything in stores so what is that process like for you and did it change last year with the pandemic
1: Yeah, Elizabeth, that's a great question. And, you know, I am big on thrifting by myself. And a lot of people always say, do you go thrifting with a group of people or with friends? And the short answer to that is no, because just the curation process is my sense of therapy, right? So I know that, you know, some people exercise and that is their their sense of therapy. And, and that some people, you know, have a cup of tea every day. And and so when I go thrifting, that makes me feel good. It, it, it makes me feel like I'm in my own little world doing something I really, really love. And my favorite is to do in-store Curating. I love, you know, pulling out my reusable bags, heading to the stores, and walking down each and every aisle. I spend, you know, I try not to go 30 minutes out of the day or 15 minutes out of the day, but I block off dedicated time to really curate. And so I think that, you know, for me, I get questions as to do I go into stores with an agenda in mind or certain items I'm trying to find? And the short answer is yes sometimes, but almost pretty much likely no. I allow the experience to really inform um, what I may you know be selecting that day or that week but during the pandemic there were a lot of stores that weren't always open and so i had to kind of you know revisit how that would look for more than your average and fortunately enough i do have a great amount of inventory that i've been able to you know curate over time that got me through the pandemic which was very nice but what i will also say is you know now coming out of the pandemic what i've really gotten into is estate sales I know that I can't find 100% of my curated items at estate sales, but I just love going to estate sales near me to find, you know, bold accessories, bold handbags. So I definitely would recommend that to others um, that are listening. Estate sales are definitely a favorite of mine. And then also, wherever you live, there are some amazing mom and pop shops that I never pass up. So mom and pop shops have definitely become another favorite of mine to stop in. And I've been lucky to find some great plus size vintage selections.
0: Cool. Yeah, I didn't think about estate sales. I mostly just think of home goods with those. So that's a good tip. Yes, try it out. Try it out. Yeah. So... We talked about this a little before. You mentioned it in your introduction, but I'd love to dive deeper into the plus size aspect of your boutique because it's no secret that sizing is a significant barrier when it comes to shopping secondhand, you know, tall sizes, petite sizes, but mostly we hear about plus sizes. So with all of your experience, what tips do you have for finding plus size vintage clothing or, you know, plus size secondhand clothing in general?
1: Yeah, I always think to myself, so I've been in business for four years now, but I feel like each and every day is the beginning. And that's in a great way. And, you know, one thing I will say is plus size vintage options are out there. It is real. It's, there is a growing number of businesses across the United States that are emphasizing and really flourishing around offering plus size vintage uh, selections. A few tips that I will you know, just say is that you know, I know that there's always been conversation around like if there are plus size options in thrift store, it's not a wide selection. And you know, so it gets hard. You know, what I've been able to do over the years is I think it's about being consistent and persistent and and also like having a positive mindset about it. So, you know, when I go into thrift stores, there may not be a lot of, you know, the section plus size section may not be three or four or five or six rags, but there are selections on that rack. And so I think it's just being dedicated and intentional about spending time and going through the racks and finding gems that you you probably want to find if you didn't have spent that time going through the racks. So what I always say to myself is if you are someone who is plus size or you may not be someone who's plus size, but you are in thrift stores or you know wanting to look for selections spend some time in 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 the sections and going through and really spending time with each of the items.
0: Okay. Yeah, and has the vintage plus size market changed since you started your business?
1: Yeah, so I will say that one amazing thing that I've seen happen over time is that there has been this growing industry of boutiques around plus size vintage options and and that just makes me very excited to see so many boutiques popping up on Instagram and in-store options around the nation so that just makes me very very excited as far as selection process and finding options i I don't think that that has changed for me. I've still been very successful in finding um, plus size options again, I'm from Kentucky, so every time I go home, I've been able to go through the stores and find amazing amazing selections. So I think that the the quantity is definitely out there. The quality of vintage in plus size selections is out there and and I think again, just kind of spending some time and knowing that being positive about the experience is important.
0: And then on a more macro scale, what do you think needs to happen in the vintage and secondhand space for it to be more size inclusive? I think a lot of it probably depends on the location in terms of the availability of the options. Some might have more, some might have less, but what can we do to kind of like increase that?
1: Yeah, with that comment, um, Elizabeth, yes, it definitely can uh, depend on where you are given the selection. But I think that we just need, you know, the growing advocacy around offering plus size selections, right? So I think that if we can continue from city to city to champion either vintage boutiques or secondhand boutiques starting to offer more plus size selections. I think that, you know, the conversation is going to grow and we're, and we're changing the landscape of the fashion industry. And so for me, I love being able to go, you know, even if a boutique offers um, smaller selections, but then they also offer a section for plus size vintage, that means that we are really moving the needle and offering more options for all sizes. So that's something I would love to continue to see grow across the nation. And I think, you know, too, even when, you know, we're having, if there's like pop-up markets or a community events that are um, going on, I think that it's going to, it's, it should be important that, you know, organizers and those who are leading some of these events make sure that there are equitable sizes at these events. So as attendees and patrons are coming, that they they know that they can find options in their sizes.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so if somebody was to walk into a thrift store or an event, maybe a vintage boutique, and they don't see plus sizes, do you have any tips for what they can do to advocate for that store or that event or, you know, whatever it is to be more size inclusive?
1: Yes. And I love this question, Elizabeth, because I just, you know, for me, with being in Washington, D.C., like I said, it's been a remarkable opportunity and, you know, my business has been able to grow and uh, continue to grow and I've met so many great people. But even for myself, like if I go to events and I don't see size inclusive options or, you know, I look down the list and there isn't vendors that have those options available, I think advocating, reaching out to the person leading the event and letting them know that, hey, like, you know, I I, I love the event that you're leading, but, you know, next time in the future, please consider size inclusive options and vendors. And so continuing to get the word out, not being hesitant about, you know, contacting the boutique owner or event planner and letting them know that we need that this is very important. And so, you know, for me, I have an indoor space where I'm able to, you know, sell more than your average selections. And it just warms my heart, Elizabeth, that people across D.C. are able to go to the storefront and, and know that they can shop all sizes, inclu- including plus size options. So, you know, a goal for my brand is continuing to be in store, continuing to be a part of all these events that are happening because it is important not only to me, but it is important to the people that are living in the community and across D.C.
0: Yeah, that's Definitely some great advice and I think that, you know, you can really push for change with that advocacy and just talking to the owner. Not everybody will be receptive, but I think that if more and more people aren't afraid to stand up for it and, you know, if they get enough feedback, they will consider it and so I think that we all have a responsibility in the conscious fashion movement to advocate for that even if we are not plus size, you know, still being aware and trying to to advocate, to include everybody in the movement. Right.
1: And, and, and I, one last thing I will add to that is, like you said, you know, things may or may not change, but at least at the end of the day, you know, you raised that note, like you brought it to someone's attention, you know, how we need to make sure that we're being in- inclusive for all. So I think even posing the question, even putting it out there, even having that as a conversation starter is very important.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I recently asked the Conscious Fashion Collective Instagram audience about some of the barriers that they experienced with secondhand shopping. And there were some common responses. Some were unsurprising, like with sizing. I think that's a main barrier. And some of the barriers were also unexpected, but I guess not totally unsurprising. So a big one that actually came up was the issue of smells. And I imagine that comes up quite a bit, especially with vintage clothing, you know, not clothes that are just from last year, but maybe 50 plus years old. So do you have any hacks or tricks of the trade for getting smells out of vintage clothes?
1: Yes. Oh, and you know, Elizabeth, oh, yes. There are certainly items that I've curated before and it's like I've had to run them through the wash over and over and over again until the smell um, has come out. And, you know, what I do as far as curating is each item I curate, I will either wash the garment depending on the care instruction or will take them to the dry cleaners if I'm not able to easily get a smell out or you know I will need a button sewn back on or a few buttons but what I will say is especially for those hard and tough garments where it's like you are struggling to get the smell out The dry cleaners has been my best, best friend. I have a dry cleaners located just a block from me. And I I feel like it was destined to be that I like live in this neighborhood where I am. Because (laughs) as soon as I moved here, I saw the dry cleaners and I felt like I scored a pot of gold. Yeah. You know, for my tough, tough items where it's like the smells just, I can't do it alone. I will take them to the dry cleaners and have them professionally cleaned, because for me, it is about customer service. Customer service is huge for any business, and especially when you are selling vintage garments. And I know for myself that I will not send off a garment where Either I can't get the smell out or there's just, you know, the smell is just taking over the garment. So that is an important factor because you would hate to send a blazer off and it's like, oh my gosh, the package arrived. I love the blazer, but unfortunately the smell, it smelled. So definitely the dry cleaners as an immediate solution. But another thing I will say that I typically do is I will just soak garments and I, um, we'll use like a mixture of oxyclean plus detergent and water. And so I have a big bucket at home. I fill it up with water. I'll mix all those ingredients together and I will let a garment soak, 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 soak for just a few hours. And then, like I said, if I'm not able to get that smell out, then it will tra- I'll transition it to the dry cleaners. But my top kind of tip and recommendation is you may want to just go the soaking route um, if you are experiencing a lot of trouble. So that's what I would recommend.
0: Okay. Yeah. Thank you for those tips. Another barrier that was brought up in that conversation on Instagram or that question sticker was the inability to make returns at most secondhand shops, which can be especially an issue with shopping online. You know, returns in general have gone up and up as online shopping gets more popular. Do you have any advice for us on how we can make the best decisions on vintage and secondhand garments so that we don't feel the need to return them?
1: Yes, this is another great question. And, you know, I'm going to put my my customer hat on here. But I would say if you are buying vintage items, secondhand items online, please just make sure to read, 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 read the measurements, (laughs) read the care instructions, read any additional notes that the seller has provided. Mm -hmm. So if you are looking for a blazer like this, And you don't see, you know, you may not see the measurements, Reach out to the seller and say, "Hey, I am so interested in the blazer. I love the colors. I love the pattern. Could you please send me the measurements before you know I make this purchase? I'm I'm extremely interested. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And so I would, if I if you don't see the measurements, I would definitely ask for measurements. If you if the the pictures aren't clear of what you're looking for in the photo, I would definitely ask for like a, a few more photos just to make sure that. That, you know the color you're looking for that color it matches all your expectations. And then if the seller has provided any additional notes, just make sure you read them very clearly. So for instance, if you're looking at this blazer and there may be a few buttons that are missing and the seller says that clearly, just make sure that you have that noted in your head before you go forward and purchase. Now, with more than your average, I do returns. I know that a lot of boutiques do not do returns. All sales are final. But when I started my business, returns is something that I wanted to do as part of my business because I think, you know, if I was shopping, I would love that option. So I kind of put myself into the role of the customer. And, you know, out of the four years, I haven't had a lot of returns, which Knock on wood that's been amazing, but I have had a few returns. and you know when that does happen, I have a a day a, um, a set date on when turn returns can happen once that package hits your doorstep. and I definitely return as soon as possible and then the package is shipped right back. So that is something I do offer. I do not just do final sales because I think the customer should have the option to try on um, the garments and and make sure they feel comfortable in the garment.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially I think when advocating for size inclusivity and all that, I think that fit is so important. I mean, for all vintage shops, but yeah, that's... Interesting that you decided to do that. And I like to hear that because I do feel like it is a common barrier. And I would like to hope that, you know, people who are shopping secondhand, taking the extra effort to order vintage, pre loved stuff, they are going to be very. Conscientious and like intentionally purchased, but sometimes at the end of the day, something just doesn't work out. Yep. I don't think these are the customers that are buying 10 garments and then only keeping one, (laughs) which is kind of the horror stories we hear with like a lot of these retail shops or, you know, someone buying the piece in three sizes and, you know, trying them all on and returning them. You can see why somebody does that if they don't know, you know, about the impact of returns and. But you can't do that with vintage. There's only one size. Yes,
1: exactly. And Elizabeth, another thing I would add as well is I always ask, you know, if someone does want to return a garment, I always ask, you know, like, because I love feedback. Feedback to me is very, very important. I always want to do better than I did uh, yesterday and the day before that. And I always say, can you tell me, you know, if you know why the garment may have not worked out? And so I love to kind of hear the feedback because it it just may be the skirt came a little longer than I thought the skirt was going to come, or you know the blazer may come a little longer than I thought. So, so that's why I say just make sure that you know you're reading um, the measurements, instructions, and then also you know as a, for all my business owners on here. Do not be afraid to ask for feedback. Feedback has allowed me to change things over the years, make things better. So always be open to that feedback.
0: Yeah, definitely. So what are some of the misconceptions of plus size vintage clothing or secondhand and vintage clothes in general that you hear that you kind of want to bust as a vintage shop owner?
1: Yes, and um, this question, you know, makes me laugh a little bit. And, and I, you know, I think that the biggest misconception is that a lot of people think when they think of vintage, they think of like old grandma vintage, <laughs> you know, I can never wear vintage in modern trends and styles. And, and you know, sometimes it kind of cracks me up a little bit because, yes, you can is the immediate, you know, my immediate response, because vintage is a part of history. It can be, and as you see now, in Elizabeth, so many trends back in the 60s, back in the 70s, and 90s is here today. So vintage is ever evolving. And, you know, A lot of people, I think, have gotten so tied into, oh, it's so grandmommy and all that. But you can style it in a way that is going to make, you know, looks feel more modern. Or, you know, if you do have a vintage uh, blazer that is a little bit more grandmommy, like a lot of folks would say. You can style it with a turtleneck or with more of trendy modern pieces to make you look and feel good. So I am very, I've been very, very intentional about styling you know, the models in a way where if someone's looking at a garment or the outfit, they don't think about it as, oh, that's something like my grandmother would wear back in the 1940s or 50s but like that you can wear now and that you can look and feel your best in right now. So I think that's something I would like to take a needle and bust, bust the balloons on that one because I've heard that time and time and time and time <laughs> and over again.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that is a common misconception, but also a lot of these trends from decades ago are coming back. And so if you just, you know, so many times people will say, oh, I should have, kept that blazer or that top or those shorts or whatever because now they're back in and yeah, you can find them at vintage shops. Yes, you
1: can, Elizabeth. And, you know, one thing I think about, too, is I actually went back home a few months ago in Kentucky because my mom's ready to move. And I went into my teenage room and I like looked through all the items and I'm like, whoa, like all these items and platform shoes and, you know, all that they are here and now today. So my my um, other piece of advice is to make sure, you know, that to all the listeners is to hold on to some of those items because you never know when they'll be back again.
0: Yeah, totally. If you keep something long enough, it'll come back in. I mean, I don't necessarily dress for trends and I don't really care if it's out, but (laughs) some people do and, you know. (laughs) Some people do. Yeah. So you have incredible style, both, you know, how you dress yourself and also how you style the models. Like it's just, it's really incredible how you can mix pieces from different decades and make it look so modern and cool. So can you give us some tips for vintage styling?
1: Yes. My first recommendation is to challenge yourself and to uh, really step out of your, you know, originality or what you would normally um, wear. So if you do have a collection of fun, you know, vintage blazers, my advice would be to experiment with them, mix patterns. So like if you're wearing this checkered blazer right now, have you thought about how can this checkered blazer be mixed with stripes? So you may want to pull out one of your striped blouses and style them underneath. If you have a polka dot blazer, how can you experiment with stripes and checkers? So, you know, my number one advice is don't be scared to style your vintage pieces and to mix them with fun patterns and even incorporating color. My second piece of advice is I know that there are some amazing vintage accessories and necklaces and earrings and handbags and to really think about incorporating how you incorporate those into your style. So if you have some of your grandma's favorites, necklaces, or statement earrings that you've collected over time, consider styling those and pairing those with your everyday style. So for instance, I've taken these vintage earrings today and I've styled them with this turtleneck and then also this vintage necklace to make the look look a a bit more modern. So don't be afraid to experiment with your accessories. And then the third piece of advice I would also recommend is when you find, say, for instance, vintage two sets where you may have a skirt and a blazer, you can style those together or you can style those separately. Uh, so vintage two-piece sets are my favorites because even if it comes with a blazer, you can style that with the pair of slacks with the blouse, and then you can take the skirts and style it with a cute sweater, especially as we're walking into the winter months. So, you know, don't, don't uh, shy away from some of those two-piece sets, blazers, and then also some of those colorful jackets this season.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sometimes if you see a bold piece, you might be, or bold set, you might be a little scared off by it, but you can always, (laughs) you can go for really bold or you can sort of tone it down with other pieces. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you do also offer styling services, which I will link to in the show notes, along with your more than your average boutique page and social platforms so everybody can find you, stay connected with you and check out your great style. But to close out this interview, I have one final question for you. And that is, what does a better future for fashion look like to you?
1: Yes, a better future of fashion looks like more inclusive options, um, size options, and more sustainable options. I think that, you know, a world where we are uplifting the conversation around sustainability is going to be extremely important as we think about the fashion industry and how we can upcycle and recreate and restyle garments that may already be in our closets and that we've only worn once or even twice. So a world where We are thinking sustainably and we are being inclusive for all.
0: And that's a wrap for this episode. Be sure to take a look at the episode description in your podcast app for the links referenced in this episode, as well as the various links to learn more about today's guest. For the full transcript of this episode, you can head on over to ConsciousLifeAndStyle.com and navigate to the podcast section of the site. The link to the full show notes should also be linked in whatever podcast app that you are listening on. If you would like to spread the word about this show and help the content reach more people, you can share the episode or podcast with a friend, screenshot this episode and share about it on Instagram stories, tagging at Conscious Style. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, something that really helps is to leave a rating and review. Thank you in advance for supporting the show in whatever way that you can. For more conscious content, you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, The Conscious Edit. In this newsletter, I share recommendations for reading, listening to, watching, and much more. To get on that list, you can head to consciouslifeandstyle.com forward slash edit. And the link to subscribe will also be in the episode description. Thank you for tuning in to The Conscious Style Podcast and sticking around until the very end. I'll see you again, same time, same place, next week.